Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, our Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here, here on a election here in Virginia. The, get the get out the vote edition of our Refugees. Yes, if you're listening to this now live uh, and you are listening on our podcast, uh, make sure to get out and vote tomorrow. It's uh, always important to do that. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely get out and do that. Um, we, we wish uh, we wish DC would get out the wins, but unfortunately. Fortunately, that didn't happen. Uh, they are circling the drain a bit this season. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of that. Uh, talk about also some positive news about the spirit, at least making the playoffs, getting a home game. Lots of other things to talk about. But first, John, how are you doing, my friend? How was your weekend? I am finally now not sick. So I didn't go to the game on <laughs> Sunday because I think I told I think I told the, the Jordan with the spirit. I was like, I did not want to cough or something in the press box and have like 11 eyeballs snapped to my head. So. Uh, I just stayed home uh, and watched the game on TV. But I think now, finally, after a week, I, I I wonder if this is true for you, too, Ted. Like, because I've been basically home for two years, like my immune system is just like three white blood cells bouncing around. So I don't <laughs> I don't think like I've had a, a a cold virus to react to in two years. So my body was just like, I'm going to make you miserable. <laughs> I'm going to make you suffer. I, I always I always get the typical like changing of the seasons type of cold. I don't know what it is. It always seems for me it's always like around, you know, once, you know, October it starts it, Virginia weather's crazy in case. Yes. In case in case you don't know listening on the show, most of you do. Um it's it's always like around this time it's like sixty, seventy degree weather, then it's like fifty, forty, and then it like at night it's cold, at the day it's warm, and my body just doesn't know how to react to that. So actually I think it was a couple at least a couple weeks ago I I was down with some sort of cold or some sort of viral infection. Uh, took the COVID test, make sure it wasn't COVID. Um, but yeah, so, so wasn't, wasn't feeling good. And it definitely, it took a minute for me to recover. Um, I, I kind of yeah, thought right? I would bounce back. Um, and it definitely, uh, it definitely took a minute for, for me to fully recover from that. So I, I definitely get the feeling that the, the, the immune system was not cranking as it should. That's right. It's it certainly, cra- it's certainly cranking for coat for protection from COVID, but not, right. not in the other sense. All the antibodies are, are all like COVID shaped antibodies. Like all the <laughs> ones for your cold and blue are just like, I'm tired. I don't want to do anything anymore. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, enough cold talk. Let's talk uh, DC disappointment. You want to start there? DC, DC disappointment. I, I do want to. I do want to take a mention that that my weekend was. Sorry, uh, Ted. I, 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 I apologize, I, I, <laughs> Ted. How was your weekend? How rude! Yeah, of me. thanks, John. Yeah, I know you don't care. It's okay. I do okay. care. Hey, I'm sorry. You don't, no. <laughs> um. Yeah, my weekend was 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 soccer wise was not great. I, I guess the spirit rescued the weekend. It feels like one of my teams is rescuing the weekend. I think. Liverpool disappointing draw with Brighton. Uh, of course, then I, you know, I, the DC event, the DC game was was extremely disappointing. And then it's like I got like buried. It, at least last week, it was like disappointment kind of all at once. This just kind of felt like I watched DC, you know, get smacked three to one. I, you know, felt the felt the euphoria of seeing my team take a lead and say, oh, here we go. Like, you know, we're this we're going to get this win. We're going to be set up great heading into the last game of the season. You know, we're going to you know make the playoffs and everything. And then just to watch it kind of just all just wither away. And then to have that experience again, watching the Richmond kickers, uh, the kickers did make the playoffs. So they will be playing in the playoffs. But um, the, the aspirations of, of the kickers for me versus the aspirations for DC right now are very different. I would not be upset about not getting a home game. I was pretty upset not to get a home game for the Richmond kickers. All they needed to do was get a point against a team that is uh, pretty much average or below average. Uh, Akira Fitzgerald did not, I think, did not have a have his usual amazing game. 
Uh, he's been a huge part of why this team has kind of st- stuck in here and, 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 and made a run to make the playoffs. Uh, did not have a good game. They, they dropped four to two. Uh, now they have to go back to Tucson on Saturday. Frequent flyer miles uh, to Arizona. Yeah, so getting get all those frequent fire miles. I don't know where it goes to. Got to be direct out of Richmond, right? They, 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 there's no way they drive up to to DC. You think? I, I, I'm. I mean, I hope. I hope. I don't know. Honestly, I do not know. I, I I'm sure it's Coach. I, I'm. I'm sure maybe there's. <laughs> I some think it probably is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure it's connecting. It's connecting flights at some point. Yeah, um, they have. A, they have like a five. They have like a twelve hour layover in like Minnesota on the one of the games. <laughs> Maybe possibly. I'd, I'd be curious. I'd be curious to know what the what the flight. I'm sure we'll, we'll get no information on that. Uh, hopefully, they can come out with a win next week. It's going to be kind of a weird one. Uh, kind of how the how the season shaked out and the playoffs shake out. Disappointing though. I won't, I, I was very much you know excited about the prospect of, of seeing a a playoff game at City Stadium. Um, so I guess I'll have to wait. They got to so win. Hopefully, one. DC. Yeah. What's that? Maybe they they'll win, win. win a game. Yeah. But it's it's yeah. It'll be yeah. I want them to win. Of course. Uh, it's just it's it's nice when you can see it sort of in person instead of on a stream shot on a shot on an iPhone. Right. Um, right. Uh, well, just a quick thank you to SMC Ultra for resubbing with Amazon Prime subscription. Uh, a reminder to the rest of you folks who would like to. Everyone who has Amazon Prime has a free monthly subscription that they can give to any Twitch channel. We hope you'll give it to us because when you do, we get two dollars. So mm-hmm. we love two. We love two dollars. It costs you nothing and gives us two dollars. So think about that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, question for you: I'm gonna I'm gonna indulge here. In my Richmond Kickers curiosity for you, I think we just lost five listeners. Uh, but what is the? Do you know what happens to League One when all these MLS two teams disappear? Is that likely to drive more USL Championship teams down to give you a more robust league versus either other nine teams right now? Yeah, there are there there are twelve teams, no ten teams right now, and two of them are two of them are MLS two clubs, uh, right? And New England Kurt- and Toronto. Correct. I'm trying to make sure. I'm, I'm trying to pull up and, and make sure I get them all. They no. They have. They actually have three. Um, they have New England Revolution. So no, four. They have uh, Fort Lauderdale, New That's England right. Revolution two, Toronto two, and North Texas. Um, so those those teams going out. I think they've already announced uh, that there are going to be some teams uh, that are going to be replacing them. I believe uh, Charlie Davies is starting a team up in New Hampshire. Um, not sure on the time frame. Um, oh, so here it is. They have a uh, Central Valley Fuego SC from, from Fresno, California, oh, Fuego Northern FC. Colorado Hailstorm from Windsor, Colorado, Fort Wayne FC from Fort Wayne, Indiana. I think uh, I think the Marcus Beasley's a part of that. Um, Lexington was just announced as a as a uh, as a team, uh, and uh, uh, Spokane, Washington is also man all the all the team. major major metropolitan areas. <laughs> So, so they're going to re- they're, and they're going to replace. Uh, I think the big the biggest part about it is getting some teams out west because right now it's just Tucson and North Texas are like your and I guess Omaha kind of falls in there. But like as far as most western goes, like Tucson's like your most western western team. Um, so I, and I think the funny thing about League One is it's supposed to be like oh we're going to be a regional league to start out and we're going to kind of grow and then like that didn't really happen. Um, but the Cent- Central Valley Fuego, Northern Colorado Hellstorm are all joining next year. Uh, Fort Wayne, Lexington, and Spokane are all joining uh, the the year after that. Um, so I think they're they're pretty much on pace to kind of replace some of those teams. Um, I think we could see some teams drop down, maybe to fill that in. Uh, they might just roll with uh, ten teams next year. I think that's how they started. Uh, we'll, we'll 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 see what happens. And I, I don't know if there are any teams that have been announced as being. Um, 
as being uh, existing, so to speak, in the in the uh, remaining in League One. I, I think all the all the MLS teams are t- I've talked about that they're going to leave. And uh, you know, as a as a fan, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of happy about it a I little bet. bit um, because it's kind of disheartening to sit down and get excited about a crucial game between uh, the Richmond Kickers and uh, the Toronto FC two played at 4 p.m. on a training pitch. Um, let's see. They, they play on the same field. It literally is a training pitch. I watched that where they made the playoffs was uh, Toronto FC two versus doing revolution two. And it was at 4 p.m. on a work week. I think it was like on a Wednesday or something like that. So I, I'm happy that, you know, there's going to be crowds. That, I mean, the crowd at Tucson wasn't fantastic, but at least it was a home crowd. It was people that wanted to come out, come out and watch the team play. Um, Ted, so. my gift for you is I'm going to watch this playoff game. <laughs> I'm going to watch my first kickers game of the year, and it's going to be this game. So fair enough. You got, it's going to be probably it's going to be at like 10 o'clock. I hope you know that, right? OK, like well, that's be. <laughs> still I still I said I would do it. I will do it. Uh <laughs> Greg, Gregory in the chat. Uh, first of all, Greg, thanks for being once again king of king of gifted subs. We appreciate that. Uh, but he asks, "Is Loudon United going away too?" That's been a question that's not really been resolved totally yet. Uh, there is an indication, I believe, that Loudon it was Loudon and maybe two other MLS sides that were hesitant to 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 fold well, it right away. But it, they signed it, a one year one more year commitment, basically, I believe. Yeah. So I think if I remember correctly, Loudon has basically they've already. I think it was already they had already committed. Sort of had a contractual commitment. Now, you know, USL could say, you know what, just just get out of here. They, <laughs> just they could for everyone's benefit, just just go, just go. Um, you know, it could could certainly happen uh, for for that. I don't know what what sort of fees would be involved there, um, but yeah, I mean, basically, I think I think I think Loudon will will remain uh, in the league. I think for another year is the is the idea. Um, and you know they're going to start their own league. Apparently, independent clubs are going to be joining them. I think Rochester was rumored as being a team. Uh, that was going to join the the new like MLS D three league or whatever. So uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. That's uh, it's going to be interesting. And USL apparently getting promotion relegation. That was also a story that dropped. Exciting. Looking at it, so, why not? Let's do it. Yeah. I think too. I think I think the thing about that is interesting. The concern about being USL championship or USL League One is anyone who's going to a Loudon game going because they're playing Hartford United. No. No one is. No one cares who they're playing. They're going because they want to go see a soccer game in person. That's yeah. all it is. So if it's them or if it's Tucson or if it's Spokane, it doesn't it does not matter at all. One bit. It makes it uh, maybe they'll be more exciting if they're yeah. if because I think that makes it more likelihood that they're going to play. They're already sort of committing to it. If you look at who's starting these games, uh, Jack Jackson Hopkins, my Fredericksburg, my Fredericksburg <laughs> uh, player is uh, an academy kid and he's been starting almost every game over players who are USL uh, veterans. So they've already sort of committed to that bit. And I think that once no team around them is uh, going sort of, you know, spending any kind of money whatsoever, then the games will be more even. And then it'll be more exciting to watch Loudon play because there's a chance they might win more often. But, you know, my my one of my, I guess, sort of biggest concerns, I guess, about, you know, the MLS league is that, you know the reserve division existed at one point. Now I think I think there are some very big differences as to uh, as to what, and I think there's been some good points raised about you know by having these teams commit to playing in the USL, um, you know it makes them want to put a product on the field. Uh, they want to go out and win games. They want to you know it, what 
the experience that you know if, if you've ever been to a to a richmond kickers game um so the, the way know. the old the old sta- i know you haven't you keep saying you're gonna go <laughs> the way the way the old stadium is designed is basically the end line goes almost all the way to the fa- like literally when the players step back to take a corner kick they're right in the sort of red army section if you've ever watched the game and those types of atmospheres i mean that's an important thing for a young player to experience um are they going to get that in this reserve division where they're going to be playing in front of, you know, either they're going to be, you know, running out an empty Gillette stadium, you know, are they going to, are they going to get the same type of experience of actually playing in front of, even if it's a small crowd in front of a hostile crowd, we are extremely hostile, extremely hostile to opponents taking quarter kicks. Uh, we yell at them. We yell their names. We do all kinds of, you know, yelling at them, all respectful, um, not, Nothing like truly, truly nasty, um, you know, but certainly just, you know, we we make it tough on them. And those are the types of experiences. And we've gotten in play in players that we've had. We've had players flip us off. We had Orlando players flip us off. Uh, so, I mean, all those types of things, I think, are important for, for young players to go through. And those are types of experiences they're not going to get it in sort of an MLS reserve division. Um, all, I'll so I'll say curious- is, all I'll say is MLS reserve division legend Chris Wondolowski uh played an, a, a lot of games in the in the reserve division before he made it to MLS. So I'm, I would say there's not a lot of uh, deep, deep gems that you could unearth from those days. But I would also say there's not a huge number of players who've graduated from the USL championship mm-hmm. MLS sides to go up. I'm thinking maybe I think Caden Clark played some and New York Rebels too, but I think he was already sort of a known quantity. I'm trying to think of other players that really sort of came out of nothing that and, well, you- and got that chance. We, we, you know where uh, current uh, MLS, uh, current New England Revolution goalkeeper of the year candidate. I, I do. Yeah. Why don't you tell that? Yeah, Why don't you played, tell everybody else? Yeah, he played. He played at Richmond. He was actually at Richmond um, in early in his career. Uh, so I mean, I, I, I hope we see. I hope we at least see a. I hope we at least see you know some MLS teams recognize that you know it might be good to get this player out into an actual you know more professional setting. Academy kids, 16, 17, 18 year olds, that's fine. Have them play there. But if you got a guy who's 19, 20, maybe they're just not there yet, maybe loan them out to a to a USL side. Maybe loan them out to a to a team where they can, you know, actually get in sort of a more professional setting, professional environment in games that that really have are really gonna have a consequence. You have a team on that other side that's really trying to to go out there. Um so I'll be curious to see if that still exists, I guess, as a uh, maybe it's sort of because I think a lot of those sort of loans from MLS have really dried up uh, since I think I, the last time I think the kickers got a guy from Columbus at one point um, in the season. And that was because Columbus didn't have a reserve team. And I think a lot of that's kind of stopped uh, as sort of a lot of USL teams have sort of started up and, and there's been those affiliation deals and everything like that. So um, I'll, I'll be curious to see kind of what this new frontier brings. I'll be curious to see what USL can do. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited about the pro. This is the first league that's like, let's give this promotion relegation thing a shot. Let's see what we can do with it. Um, and it's almost set up with how the with how the league's named. So, speaking of players that should be alone to get more experience, and we'll talk about DC United next year. I was a, it was a long USL riff, the longest yet. Yeah. Uh, Moses Nyman hasn't played 90 minutes since uh, May 14th, and hasn't played more than 70 minutes since uh, July 22nd. Uh, I'm sorry. He played 77 on August 9th. But my point is, <laughs> uh, he's injured now, and that's and that's fine. But some of this time was not that. Uh, and a player, this is a 
definitely a lost year for Moses Nyman's development uh, with DC United and a player that I think you and I and everyone else was looking to really make a big step because of the attention he's been getting nationally. We were talking about maybe this is a player that's going to get some uh, some uh, transfer interest outside the outside the league. I don't know you're going to get that now. And if you are, it's certainly not going to be for the money you want because he's not showcased. So, uh, yeah, these players, this is a team that's been injury hit to the extent that is amazing and absurd. But uh, maybe you maybe you take a guy from USL. If you're not going to play him anyway, if he's going to be on the bench for, you know, nine of the 23 games in which he's available, like just take some take take a body from uh, from Loudon. If he's just going to be a body like let let him go play in Loudon or somewhere else that's actually competing, like you said, at a higher level. Anyway, DC United, they played a game. Yeah, stuff happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do, I do want to get to. Um, I, I I do see Gregory's question here, um, and, and what I will say is, says basically, how do you see the impact uh, of MLS two teams in in USL? Um, I think at first it it gave basically teams and games, and it gave them more more teams we could play, uh, and and I think that that in and of itself was important. We weren't playing, you know. Louisville for the 15th time for the 15th time in the season. Um, so I think in that sense, it kind of helped things um, in, in sort of who you played and having more variety in that regard. Uh, but I'll say, you know, I'd, I'd much rather play against teams from, you know, that are not independent teams. Uh, the the rivalry we have with Madison, what that win was incredibly fun. We, we get a, a last minute win against uh, Toronto FC too. <laughs> While certainly fun. Not as big as as going and winning that game against Forward Madison, considering the rivalry, the history, the fans, all of those things that are combined, all those outside factors that come in uh, to a game. So I, I think I I I I like the idea. I like the idea that you know if MLS is serious about a reserve league and serious about making it reserved and making players develop, I, I think I'm fine with the USL saying, you know, basically MLS saying, we're going to go do this thing. The USL is like, fine, we're going to be independent. Thanks for helping us kind of get, get a strong base, and I think we can kind of go our own way with this. So, And, and they've got plenty of teams lined up, as, as we said, so I don't think they're worried about sort of losing that. Um, but we'll see. Um Let's talk. Uh, let's talk DC. <laughs> I just want. I saw that question. It's a, it's a good question from Gregory, so I wanted to make sure I answered it. Um, but uh, let's talk DC. Uh, DC United. Uh, let's first. Let's talk a little bit about the good. Let's at least bring it up. Uh, DC United getting a one nothing victory last Wednesday against the New York Red Bulls. Uh, a a a a throwback to the past, and I do want to respond to that a little bit because it was a it, it was a homage. I was called. I'll call it a homage to the Benelson. The Benelson era and how they played, uh, but I don't think it was a complete, a complete ripoff. Let's say of, of how Benelson played. I thought there were some things that Lasada did uh, that I thought were good and sort of changed the game. And we did not really see that from Ben. We saw a team. Ben basically say, "Well, we're still up, so let's just run that. Let's just run that back again. Let's just let's just hold on." Um, did you did you have the same assessment, John, or, or yeah, do you think I, that was a complete? I think yeah. I think it was an e- I think an easy thing was to say Benny Ball because of the score and the way the game mm-hmm. rolled out. Uh, but they expected uh, goals, the stats, right. the shots, right? But like, but I think there, I think there were a lot of people that that brought up why it was different and sort of where uh, the the Losada influence on a game, even even with those statistics, even with the scoreline, uh, that 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 was different from 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 a year ago or two years ago. Um, I think the thing that we want to talk about first, uh, I would like to talk about first, is uh, a little a little shithousery with the lineups ahead of time in the injury report. <laughs> 
uh, where we were told the day before that Paul Ariola and Andy Nahar were injured and out. Of course, uh, these injury reports are not binding. Uh, they don't actually do anything. They're just something for the media, basically, to be able to anticipate the game and preview it. And some of the DC media were not happy about this and really, really cranky about it on Twitter. Uh, and then he did it again <laughs> in the Columbus game. So I hope he does it again for the Toronto game. That would be that would that would bring me joy personally. Let's be clear. See, see, I, 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 I'm gonna go ahead and drop the reporter's name. The reporter who was upset was obviously Stephen Golf. I think what you have in Hernan Lasada. Someone was mad about fantasy uh, fantasy implications. By the way, well, I saw that, on Twitter. That's an interesting point. I do wonder as as you start as MLS starts getting more into betting, as they start getting more into you know into those types of things. I am wondering if there's going to start to be some more some more stricter enforcement. Uh, basically, you know, if you put the player out, you can bring them on, but we're going to fine you a certain amount of money. You know, we're going to you know deduct you gam or something like that so make sure that report's accurate basically i i could see the league you know pulling pulling something like that at some point because i mean that does impact fantasy that doesn't and just say everyone's these... questionable just say everyone is questionable <laughs> and, everyone and every single person is day-to-day yeah and, and that's ultimately what what might happen i mean ben olsen actually did this a lot i believe with lucho acosta it was like he basically left at one point i think he was in he was injured and they he was basically making him questionable for at least a month. He was listed as questionable because he didn't want to, you know, let let fly that that uh, that he was going to be out. Um, I, who knows what Hernan was doing? Do it again, um, every yeah. time. Do it all the time. <laughs> I, I, I will say this about I think Hernan is the first coach that DC United has hired. That doesn't care that Stephen Golf is Stephen Golf. He really ben doesn't. Olson knew, ben Olson knew who Stephen Golf was. He, you know, long term relationship. You know, Bruce Arena knew who Stephen Golf was. Tommy Stone, Thomas Ronger, they all knew this guy has or not had no clue who the, he probably like after I think after our first interviews, he was like, who is this guy? He has. I don't know if you guys know in the press conferences, he has called out. He has never, never credited Stephen Golf for anything. You know, who he has credited. Jason, Jason Anderson, Anderson over over at Black and Red United. He loves he <laughs> loves we he loves and we love some black and red. So that's uh, I think yeah. that's great. Yeah, but that that's just that's just uh, there there is some uh some, some animosity between the media. Fun 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 times. I I don't know if that's going to come back to bite him uh because I mean obviously the me- the media can kind of like man not in this narrative. town. Not in this yeah, town, man. Like I was thinking enough. about that. Like there's no drum beat to fire or not. Like they'll be like, "Dude, whatever, man. <laughs> no, get out of here." <laughs> the uh, yeah, I, I think the funny thing too for Anon is like he's like, "I got a 3-year contract. I am not extending it." I do. I do not care if Stephen Goff gets mad at me. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to get a good job. It's okay. We'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know. I. I, you, I, I you, think we. You think he. You think he leaves after? I do. I, folks, enjoy this time. I think that this is a, this is a man with a lot of aspiration and a lot of and a lot of goals. So enjoy this time, I mean, and, I, and that's okay. He, he, he's got to do something. He's got to do sure. something significant in those three years. I think he's got to get this team on on some type of run. Uh, this is a or they don't fund uh, him any walks. Yeah, he does. Does but a we'll, does a Mourinho? What's the player? Who's the player I'm thinking of? Uh, our player coach, Con, uh, Conte has quit like on the first day of the season multiple times for different clubs. It's like, oh, you're not gonna you're not gonna give me money. All right, I quit. Goodbye. Good luck. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah, I, I don't. So, I if if the team if if this team 
here, here's here, here's what I will say about whether I think or not. Lose. I don't know if he'll leave. I don't know if he'll be here for three years and leave. I, I don't. Maybe that my mind just doesn't want to, you know, want to comprehend that. Um, I, I think a lot of people are are the, I, and I feel it comes from it comes from certain people are very much still drawing on what DC was like 2017, 2016. I know that's not necessarily that long ago. Um, I think this team has gone in. They you know hired Lucy Rushton's come in. Lucy Rushton's looking for somebody in data analytics. They're announcing that they're hiring people. They are, you know, seeking owners. I think part of that is to kind of fund some of these efforts. Yo Gotti's um, gonna use his chain as a collateral. It was like yeah, sixty, and, like it was like twenty five thousand dollars, something like that. Yeah, that's that's gam money, baby. That's that's a yeah. that's a transfer fee for somebody. Yeah. So we'll 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 see. I mean, I'm sure he's. I'm sure every coach has aspirations. I think he still has to. I think he's done a commendable job this season. Um. Almost part of me is is almost like, well, I mean, he makes the playoffs. It may be easier for the team to say, well, we're so close. Look, we have these players injured. We'll just get them back and we'll, you know, run this back again. Um, I think missing the playoffs maybe can kind of like, you know, push the ownership a little bit to, to maybe make something to make something happen. We'll see. This is going to be a I, I think this is a offseason where uh, D.C. can shed a lot of a lot of preconceptions about them uh, if they can deliver. Um, you know, you have a coach now you brought in, you, you didn't go out and get, you know, you didn't bring in a, 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 you know, a, a, you didn't bring in a dominant Kinnear. You didn't, you brought in a guy because you saw what he could bring. You saw what he could do. And now you have to deliver what he wants. Um, he's shown you what he can do with this team. He's shown you what you can do with a team that finished bottom of the table. Yeah. They were a point out of the playoff spot, but let's face it. That team was just there was nothing, nothing like we've seen here. This is, um, it's like buying a nice car and never changing the oil. If you hire yeah. an Amazada and have aspirations and like, you know what? I think we're not gonna, I think we're just going to get Ramon Abula again. He's going to start. <laughs> I mean, I love him. But... <laughs> yeah. And you don't have to, I don't think this team, ha- I, I don't think or not. I really don't think this team has to go out and spend like their Atlanta. They don't have to go out and drop no. 15, 20 million dollars on just got to cut dead fees. weight. Every player has to be able to be on the field. You you need yeah, and 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 we'll, I I think I want to I want to table this till the end of the year, yep. but I think there's a lot of conversation going on about, you know, is it a depth issue? Is it a starting issue? And I and I have some I've seen a lot of people kind of hone in on I think the wrong the wrong idea here on some of that. But let's 6 let's 6 keep, just quickly, 6.36 uh players per game. Yeah, uh, not available. So that's and we'll see notable. We'll see. My my big X factor in this is the training facility. Um, you know what what can that do for this club to have a centralized? I mean, will it make an overnight difference next year? Probably not. I mean, maybe you just get lucky. But I think over time you see those injuries get reduced. You see players recover quicker because there is they're not you know shuttling between you know an orthopedics location or something like that they're actually in a training facility with dedicated staff you know they're they're able to, to better monitor them just just a better setup overall can make a huge difference um, teams at the top have healthy players and they stay healthy uh, even if they suffer an injury they're, they're kind of able to 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 do that so um, but yeah let's get back uh, so one nothing victory um, I do think Lasada came in change some things everybody was kind of groaning at bringing in um drew scundrich i actually loved it at the time uh that first half dc was absolutely doing nothing in the middle canals and moreno did not have a good game 
They were getting overrun in that middle of the field. They were late to every ball. There was nothing happening in that middle of the field. And I think, if anything, Drew Skundrich brings you that energy and kind of just got the game at least a little bit more in DC's half where it wasn't a just complete onslaught that we saw in the first half. So actually, I really like that move. Drew is good in the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's less good further up the field. And I think, yeah. I think, I think we'll, I think we'll have yeah. seen that uh, a couple of days later. Glenn, and that's I, I a depth I, issue, but. Still. Yeah. And I think a lot, a lot of people, a lot of people rip on Drew Scundridge. I think he would be served better if he is a first off the bench for a Russell Canals, a junior Moreno, a Felipe type character. He is not a offensive creator. No. Um, he did have one nice back heel in the corner. He's a trier. He is a trier yeah. though. He's not like, he's just, it's just, I was talking to a friend about it, and she thinks it's a confidence issue. I think it's a skill issue, but uh, he's he's certainly the reason he plays is a he's available when he didn't have a meniscus tear, and b he doesn't make big mistakes. And there are other players on this team who do make mistakes, and they cost goals. And then we'll talk about that other game here in a minute uh, when there were three of them, which caused three goals. Yeah, but yeah. Um, overall, I mean, in that game, I, before we get into the bad of this, of the, the mistake this player made, uh, Donovan Pines was the whole defense in that game was phenomenal. Uh, in that, in that yep. Red Bulls game, that was Bill Hamid was, is starting to come back to his, I'm not going to say uh, the standards for Bill Hamid are, are very wide and we've seen him have, you know, goalkeeper caliber of the year seasons. Um, I think he was dealing with injuries. I don't think he's quite a hundred percent. Um, but I think over as he's gotten more games, we've seen him sort of return back to that to that form so much so that I'm hopeful he's going to be 100 percent healthy heading into next season. Yeah. Um, you know, again, we're talking about, you know, Hernan Lasada, the training regiment's going to be interesting to watch. Can he can his training regiment get this team in better shape heading into the season than they were at the start of the season? Uh, because if they have a better start to the season, maybe we're, we're still looking at playoffs this season. Um so uh, I think that kind of wraps up that yeah, game. Kevin I mean, Perez I, scored his third goal of the year. Yeah, it was the same. Picked up as an the, injury. <laughs> picked up a hip flexor injury. Uh, his goal yep. was a carbon copy of the first goal he scored uh, also mm-hmm. at, at Audi Field. Um, I'm trying to think of those other things that are really uh, notable. Not, I, I will say nice ball from from junior from uh, Julian Gressel. He put everything in those two games into that one ball and then had nothing left the rest of those two games. Uh, very rough, very, very rough kind of closing to the season for him. Um, I'm hopeful maybe he gets kind of a weak rest and to get kind of his head straight. I think people were talking in the Columbus game. He kind of like looked like he was going to try to chip room. And I, and I and I saw that and I'm like, oh, he totally just missed hit that pass. That was not <laughs> uh, there was nothing intentional about that. Trust me. But I was uh, uh, Brandon Hines. Ike also got on the field for the first time since July. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Yep. Be really hoping that they uh, exercise the buy option on that. I can't imagine that they don't. I think that's kind of a certainty. Yeah. I, w- I would I would definitely say so and uh, and and yeah um, it was good to see him on the field. Uh, then we get to the game against Columbus. Uh, DC got their first win, so they did job one, job two. They needed another win and they did not get it. Uh, things started off great. Um, there was a really really wonderful ball uh, from Felipe. He was the one player I thought that actually played really really well in this he did. game. He um, did. He 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 has a function. I don't know if he's an out and out week week after week starter. Uh, but as a guy who can come in and and kind of give you something different in certain games, um, uh, he did he did know. pull his he did pull his equipment and socks off and leave it on the field after the game. So I'm not sure if that's foreshadowing to this is potentially the end of his time at DC United. Um, could be. It would make sense uh, based on a lot of the other things we know about sort of contract uh, and, and salary. But 
if that if that yeah. was his last game here, he played he played very very well. He, he he like you said, left it all out there. Yeah, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to draw too much into that as just being. If, if he does that, I guess on a win, then maybe I'm a little bit more concerned. But after after a loss like that, could just be mad. Um, that pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's. I think he's mad. I, who I, the, the contract issue? We we also should talk about what happened at the beginning of the game was um, Yamil Assad's Instagram, yeah, um, page, and and I'm sure if uh, if uh, who's the guy from? I can't even think of his name. The guy from Atlanta who uh, I know he writes for uh, Rob Usury. Rob, I'm sure if Rob Usury uh, had had Emil's phone number, he is probably blowing up that phone. <laughs> right, Blow, he would be blowing up that phone right now, trying to get uh, Emil Assad back. But uh, it looks like Emil's time at DC is is pretty much that. That was sort of the symbol he's done. Um, let's let's reminisce a little bit about this. Uh, this was a guy that uh, had a great 2018 campaign. We all wanted him back for 2019. Couldn't work out contract issues. He ends up sitting on the bench most of the time for um uh for I think his I can't remember his team in Argentina. Villa Sarsfield, I believe. Yeah, Villa Sarsfield, thank you. Um and then kind of comes back and never really was the same player. I think we were all looking, you know, 2020 was a weird year. So maybe we just throw that in the trash. I think we did for a lot of players and we thought, hey, you know, here's a coach, Hernan Lasada, plays a pressing style. He was really successful in Atlanta in the same sort of pressing style and he got into Lasada's doghouse. I think he's the first player that we can definitively say. Uh, maybe, maybe Chris Seitz for some yeah. reason. I think uh, Adoyatsum was there too. That's just me drawing random conclusions. He's he's out of it now because he's playing a lot. But mm-hmm. uh, there are very few, and I think it's all about fitness uh, for the most part. I think it's about players who should be able to play, but just don't for whatever reason it is. Either it's being injured or if it's just not being in shape. I think Yimiel looks out of shape. Uh, watching him sort of run, uh, he they started to do like end uh, line sprints during the games for for the players who aren't going to play, uh, and he, he looks he looks a little bigger than usual. So I'm wondering if that was part of it. Uh, hard to say, but uh, you would you would have thought. I mean, performances have also been bad, but yeah. And I think you you have to look at. I think we all looked at we all looked at the beginning of this this season, and we all heard the uh, the strong words that. Um, that Hernan Lasada had for fitness. And I think we all kind of thought that's probably going to run some, rub some players the wrong way. And it's probably going to make some players upset. And at the beginning, I think we were all kind of like, well, it didn't. I mean, like a lot of guys seem to be responding. Maybe it wasn't, you know, as maybe it was a, a wake up call for some of these guys, <laughs> or maybe he handled it in a way that, you know, it was, it was different. It, it came from a different place than it, it sounded cruel, but it, you know, it was, it was more of a, Hey, let's work. We're going to do this. Um, and maybe you have strong leaders. Uh, it seems to me that for for Assad had the screw you, dude. Uh, I don't. I'm I'm not going to do this type of mentality. Which uh, is after after going going back to Argentina, playing no games, coming here, not doing well. That's a bold move, Cotton, for your next job. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work out for him. I hope it. I hope it does. Hope it works out for him. Uh, but very clearly, he is he is now done. Uh, that I, is that is that. I think we will see. I'll be curious. I don't know if we'll see mutual termination. I don't know if we'll see him shipped somewhere else, traded for for something. Man, we got that half day trade window coming up in in I think December. I think like right after the season, there's sort of that half day window. Give uh, me a give probably, me a backup goalie, uh, like yeah. rights to a backup goalie. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, again, I think also uh, I think we're seeing you know also uh, you know essentially a player like uh, he also really didn't. 
I think you looked at this lineup. You had Yordi Reyna. You had Paul Riola. He kind of lost his place because of DC changed their system too. Uh, they were not sort of the four three two one type of system, a four two three one system. They were a, you know, definitely a more wing back focused. Uh, you know, the the attackers are gonna kind of stay forward, and I think he just kind of lost his place because of that. Like uh, Joseph so. Mora, another player yeah. who's sort of a, a casualty to to formation. Yeah, we're getting way too much into this, but let's let's talk well, about. Well, because we don't want to talk about the game. <laughs> Because the game wasn't fun to talk about. That's true. That's true. But uh, uh, so game starts up well. Great goal from Pariola. Good to see his finish. Uh, excellent, excellent goal. Excellent goal. Wonderful goal. technique. Uh, and then Great and goal. then things went the other way. Well, you know, so so I was watching the game and it wasn't it wasn't DC. D, uh, Columbus had the better of play. I'd say from that goal on for about 10 yep. minutes on to about 30, 40. Definitely better of play from uh, from Columbus. Um, and uh you know, I, I think, uh, but I don't think it was completely. It wasn't so lopsided towards the Red Bull game. I thought DC still got some some chances, some opportunities. They got some corner kicks. They got some. There were some uh, opportunities. I know in the second. When half, was the Ola uh, miss? Was that in the first? Ola miss. Ola miss was second half. It was okay. like fiftieth minute because uh, they came out in the second half looking good as well. They yeah. they really were pushing that. Um, and then of course, well, to get back to the first half, the goal um, the goal comes off a just horrendous tackle Antonio Faro playing as the left wing back uh certainly out of emergency certainly out of a um I need to I need to keep my best player at center back because his runs up the center are what make this team go and if he's yep. wing back that's a completely different role that was he was totally in there and he's on one leg back. and he's on one yeah. leg same as Paul same as Bill so couldn't yeah. do it yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it was just a bad tackle, a yes. horrible tackle. He yep. didn't need to make that tackle. He could have stood there. Cross comes in. Maybe Columbus scores. Maybe. Um, but I would say more likely Bill's there to collect it. So I think it was Felipe was. Need. I think Felipe was like three feet away while he made that mm-hmm. tackle. I mean, that's always easy to look at from when you're not, you know, running at full speed and playing. But that was regrettable. Uh, and obviously, uh, Zella Ryan uh, wins the penalty and then scores it because, of course, it was a. <laughs> Bill has Bill. Bill's not a penalty saver in 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 games. Not really. He's, not really his thing. We got to look got, statistically over time. Uh, Angus, if you're if you're still hanging online, we got, <laughs> well, we'd love we'd love information on that. Uh, but I I feel like he's not. I feel like he doesn't save a lot of penalties. Oh yeah, I didn't even see Angus. Angus, you're on the line, man. Go ahead, jump on in, my friend. I apologize. I, I completely missed that. <laughs> oh, it's all good. I was, it's all good. I'm currently. Bill Hamid's save for his penalty save percentage right now. Thank you. Look at that. I love it. I love it. So you you made it you made it to both games because Angus, you're at every game. You are you sir are yeah. uh, you're on you're on the season ticket holder ad. You're you're on you're in articles about signs. You're everywhere this year. Yeah. So 2020, he didn't face a penalty kick and he didn't save a penalty kick. This year, I'm confused used as to how Fox has their goalkeeping stats set out because I'm assuming PK don't worry about it SV yeah don't um, about it. <laughs> it says he's got three in 2021 he's got three penalty kick saves in 2021 which doesn't make sense but one that does come to mind is he did save Carlos Vela's penalty kick in 2019 in that absolute blowout that was eventually going to happen but he did stop <laughs> the first Carlos Vela penalty of that game um, I that's the one that I picked in my mind. I think he's done. I think, he, I, I think he's gotten. He, he but, used to be horrifically bad on them, and I think he's gotten a little bit, um, 
a little bit uh, a little bit better. In anyway, in let's. Uh, hey, Angus, talk to me about these games, man. Where how you feeling? How you feeling about our uh, uh, where we're at here at the basically? I think I think Ted broke it down. Thirty three percent chance likelihood of potentially sneaking in. Uh, tell me about the games and how you're feeling. So that thirty three assumes a win. It in does. Toronto, and you know what? I'm going to say thirty three is fine. I'm good with a thirty three percent chance. I'm as long as there is not an E next to DC United's name in the standings, I will not be. I won't. I, I will not count the team out. If there's anything that this that this season has shown me, is that I should never count this team out for anything. Right? We've proven that when healthy, we've been able to hang with the best of the best. Right. Oof. Um throughout that wow that, that sucks um, <laughs> we've proven that we have the ability to hang with the best and the best in the east we've proven we have the and and we haven't had the chance to play the best in the west but i'm willing to bet that this team when healthy can play anyone that they want and play them close um it's just a shame really because i was watching the columbus game and man do those guys look tired out there I think that's probably the worst part, right? They just look, they look beat. They look tired. And I can't blame them. You've got Gressel pretty much having played every single game this season, apart from like maybe two. And, you know, the last time I can think of a DC United player doing that was Steve Birnbaum in 2018 when he played every single minute for DC United. And it was like, wow, that was a really impressive season from Steve. And now we're like expecting multiple players on our team to do that. And that's not sustainable. And it speaks to things that we need to do in the uh, in the off season and places we need to look to add in the off season. Um, and you were talking about it earlier, but if they don't bring Brendan Hines like back permanently, that should be the indication that things are not going to go a good way mm-hmm. uh, this off season. But yeah, when I was watching that game, I was it was like euphoric in the third minute because like we scored, we went up, things seemed to be following the same script as New York Red Bulls. And I was like, good, this is things that can happen. We can make this work. Um, you know, that Alfaro penalty to me was really annoying. Um, again, for the same reasons you guys already mentioned. It didn't need to happen. And because it did, it sent us into the locker room at halftime with our heads down and dejected. And that's kind of what killed the game from there. Um, you can point to the individual mistakes of Pines on the pass that ended up on Zellerand's foot, ended up in the back of the net for three. That lunge from the Har to put Santos in where he chipped Bill. You know, you can look at the individual mistakes, but the team's morale was cut in half when that penalty crossed into the back of the net and ref blew for halftime. Um, that, that was the, that's where the game changed. Mm-hmm. I think if we go into halftime with speed, we come out of this game with a point. I don't know if it's a 1-1 tie. I don't know if it's a 2-2 tie. I don't know. But I think we come out of it with a point at the very least. Um, And I say this all the time, and I've said this all season, but if we are playing Drew Skundrich from the start, we we do not win. We don't push for a win if we are playing a guy like Drew Skundrich from the start. His role is exactly what you said. He comes in at halftime. He sparks the the midfield. He presses. He wins the ball over. That's what he does, right? Having him start on the wing because we we don't have bodies. And then he played the full 90. 
But we put in Reyna, we put in Roberto, we put in Juan Chope. And so effectively we pushed him back to midfield where he should have come in at halftime for Canals, who wasn't in uniform. Hopefully he's okay. Um, you know, it, it sucks. It really yeah. sucks. Because, like, you look at how great Sunday was, and it's like we could have had that on Saturday. We could have had that on Saturday. Yeah, look at and the look like, at this uh, graph here on, on our on our sheet saying how uh, how close we had it until the weather got a little chilly and then we fell off a cliff. Just yeah. obviously, yeah. so much of it to do with players' availability in this last uh, this last month uh, really kind of kneecapped him for for choices. But Drew Skendrich, like you said, Drew Skendrich as that in that role, not his not his favorite. If if Drew Skendrich is starting from the start as uh, in, in lieu of uh, Felipe or, or in lieu of Canals. You might win that game because I think he's in a good spot there. We have actually won games with him playing in that position, but not on the wing. You're, you're, no. Yeah, no, not at, not at a wing where you should be playing a Reyna, where you should be playing a Paredes, where you should or be Yao. playing a Yao, where you should be playing. Mm-hmm. List down, right? Go down that list. And it's just yep. like, oh, this sucks. It, it just leaves such a sour taste in your mouth. And I actually got to meet Jason Anderson after the Spirit game. He's a really cool guy, really nice guy. We were already talking about how cool, how nice of a guy he is and stuff like that. But, you know, we're sitting there, and the Spirit just clinched a home playoff game. But it seems like it's all, it, like that almost was all for naught. Like, it's hard to celebrate one thing. And then I was just there the night before, and I feel like crap from that too, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And now I got to hope on Wednesday that all those playoff situations go. And then I got to hope on Sunday while I'm watching the DC United game, while I'm waiting to go to the Spirit game, that all the things that happen in, in on decision day go the way we go. And then we're going to go to one of Nashville, New York, or Philly, where we've never won at Nashville, where we've never won at Yankee Stadium, and where we haven't won at Subaru Park in a very <laughs> long time. Angus with sunshine, man. That is a, yeah. That's a scouting report of doom. Yeah, for, for an extra game. And it's like, well, you know, looking at that playoff thing, if we go back to September or we go back to August, right? You And you know what? Looking at this, look at where the international breaks were, and look at where yep. our playoff chances dipped. This is why so I'm club over country, Angus. <laughs> you go back to early October, and it's like, you know what? We can do this. We can play any of those three teams and win. I was saying those things, right? And I still can say those things because I still think we have held we, – we have yet to – we played Nashville without one game with Bill Hamid, and that was a draw, Right. We had Jim Curtin saying that this was the the worst beatdown Philly has had in a very long time, the last time we played the Union. And Yankee Stadium sucks, so we'll just leave it at that. But we got the we got apparently a, a tiny field legend in Adrian Perez, who should be good at Yankee Stadium. He could be our trick play. I don't know. But, like, God, it frustrates me. And maybe we changed the kit, man, and he's got they got re- regular cleats for that for that for a Yankee Stadium away day. I don't know. Yeah, just, it's just sad. Yeah, it's and it, it certainly felt like um, it, it, I, I echo what you said around the time where you look at that where that height is of like before the big dip. Uh, I think that was when everybody was thinking like you know we got we got Flores back on this team. We've got all, all of our all of our big hitters are healthy now. I think at the time, you know, Kamara was scoring, he's gone ice cold. Uh and nothing could be you know exemplified more than I think if he buries that goal, 
we're looking at a much much different game um, uh, heading in. I think we I think we come out with a win if he buries that. Uh, and he was burying those types of goals with regularity in the sprint summer, and he went ice cold. He has changed my opinion. I, I wondered whether this team could maybe have him next season, and then maybe just get more spending in the middle. Uh, I think we need a designated player striker. I, I think he. I, I think maybe he's here next year, uh, but I think this team needs to go out and get somebody uh, spend spend the big bucks on on somebody that can that can bury the ball, uh, you know, 17, 18 times, not on a PK, uh, but actually from from the uh, from from the field. So, um, yeah, it's it's you know it's been a rough it's been a rough fall. That that game where right where the dip is, right where that apex is, that's Orlando City two one. That's what that game is. Yep, that's, that's it. Part. I, I, because since then it's been a draw, a loss, a loss, a win, and a loss. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be uh, well, I, we're gonna definitely do a post mortem here as the season. We're gonna look at what I think. I think you hit it right, and we'll talk about it more when the season's over here officially. Uh, the international breaks just decimating this team, uh, and, and and you know I I think that that's the yeah. depth the depth the depth. The functional depth you need there was not able to make up for losing thirty percent of your payroll due to injury on uh, on a national duty. But Angus, we're gonna we're gonna jump here and, and finish DC United up and talk about the spirit. But uh, hopefully Sunday is good for you. And if the yeah. DC United game goes poorly, uh, at least you'll have a home playoff game uh, to check out. Hey, I'll be at, I'll probably be there, and I loved the spirit game on Sunday. I had a great time. That was a fantastic day. You know what? That, that it, it really was nice. It was a great day. It was beautiful outside, and it was beautiful on the field, apart from the refereeing. But it's the NWSL. What can you do with this? What? Right? Yeah. What do you? What do, what do you want? All right, Angus. Thanks for thanks, calling, man. Yes. Thanks for calling, man. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Guys. Yep. Uh, so I mean, I guess I, I guess to kind of wrap up. I mean, also, I have it quickly here. Bill Hamid is thirtieth uh, percentile in penalty kick saved uh, throughout his career in MLS uh, goalkeeping. What, just have your defense not give up penalties. I think well, I agree. Yeah, that's seriously. That, that, <laughs> you, you do the you do the uh, uh, Kepa Arizabuyaga strategy where you sub somebody in. You sub you sub uh, Mendy out for Kepa. Uh, you'll sub just, Bill out. Just to go over the rooting guide, I think everybody everybody was thinking we're going to head into um, we're going to head into Sunday without anything to play for. Or that it's going to be uh, that 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 won't happen under any scenario. Uh, DC will still be mathematically alive in the playoffs. Uh, th- there is a worst case scenario here. Uh, that would be uh, New York, uh, New York winning, um, and Montreal winning. Um, I will put my money on Montreal probably winning uh, against Houston. Houston are bad. I think we the best we can hope for is a point there. Uh, we got, and then I think then they have another uh, cupcake of a game if I can remember correctly. So just uh, no, they actually play Orlando, so that that's going to be a tough game, and that's going to be a team trying to fight a little bit. So um, Wednesday, Wednesday is going to be if, if New York and Montreal both win, uh, it's not over, but you can start the, 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 the room for what, what teams need to do in the next upcoming games. The, the uh, basically the uh, you can start to circle the wagons and, and they'll, the drain will almost be done at that point. If Atlanta go in and win, if Houston pulls off a miraculous win against Montreal on Wednesday, uh, Suddenly, there is pretty much all to play for uh, heading into that game. There's a lot more opportunities. You're basically looking at um, you're basically looking at uh, at New York going uh, into Nashville, uh, which would be a tough game. 
Um, and basically, you know, a point doesn't do it for him. Um, and then you also look at Montreal. They basically regain control over their fate over Montreal. And then a win, you just need a win and Nashville not to not to win. And you're in the playoffs. So uh, the scenarios certainly still exist. There are still options and scenarios. Heading th- this team will still be alive heading into that final game. Uh, how bad it is or how much they need to do or how much they need to happen is going to vary depending on Wednesday. Uh, and we don't have the uh, depth to not start our the best players we got. So <laughs> yeah. it's not like one of those things where the last game of the season well, you're like, you're like, let's give Chris a start. Like, well, no. What, what, one thing that was interesting, one thing that was interesting about the game. So the second half, I do want to mention, I thought DC started really well. Came out, pressed, pressed. They uh, almost get a goal from Ola. I think Outside that of the goes in. Yep. Yeah, changes the entire game it, it was actually i think it was a smart finish i just think he missed it he I mean, he's just a, a millimeter back to the right you know to the left and that's in the back of the net um so i mean he I, you know i think he buries that middle of the season yep um but i i will say i think the second goal went in and i will i will say that i think i think Hernan went kitchen sink a little bit too early this was the Andy nahar goal. missed tackle sort of sell out full length uh, tackle for yes. the second goal right Yes, I I think he went a little bit too kitchen sink. I think he could have held some guys back. He could have said, you know, we were pressing this game pretty well. Let's just get back to that. Let's not give up a third because the third's over. A point would have kept this team. It wouldn't have been ideal, but it would have given them a better chance. Uh, It would have still eliminated. It would have eliminated Columbus. We wouldn't have to worry about Columbus. Um, And it would have kept this team kind of in it with with the chance. Uh, so I think he went kitchen sink a little too early, and he I was like he brought on a lot of attackers, and none of them did anything. Reina, Roberta, Albia did absolutely nothing the rest of the game. So I think he sacrificed some cohesion to try to go kitchen sink, and I think he could have held back and he could have waited a little bit, kept some guys out there on the field. Now maybe he needed to make subs, you know, maybe there were some guys tired, but I think he went and I think what he essentially created was. Five guys up the field and like four guys back or six guys back, and there was no middle. There was no you know actual cohesion in that team, yeah. and they struggled for it, and they could never really get themselves back into that game to get a second to tie it up, and then eventually, of course, the third went in. So I think I think it was so. Paul came off at sixty one. Julian came off at sixty one. Julian was cooked. I think that was evident. Oh yeah, uh, and, very evident. And and, mm-hmm. and Paul was Paul is still playing on one leg. So I think that's. But I, but I think so. The Nigel and Ramon came on in the 69th for Moreno and Ola. So yeah, I think I think there's there's something to that there too. But I, I also think that uh, I think he knew that uh, he was sort of on borrowed time with the legs that were out there. I think that he knew that if it was they were going to be chasing the game late, I didn't think they had the guns. So maybe if they could if they could pull pull it close and maybe just ride it out for a draw, uh, maybe that was the plan. But I, the so we, we've got the Andy Nahar slide uh, uh, sort of sellout last chance tackle did not uh, did not make that happen. Then, another tackle, another tackle. I don't think he needed to make. I think if he had, yeah, just kept stay on your feet, feet, keep running, keep running, track back. You know, basically cut off any sort of pass, any sort of angle. Um, I thought that was a, a bad play. And then I think it was just I, I, I'm less mad at at uh, at Donovan Pines's pass. I think it was just kind of a misplayed ball. He was just trying to to kick it out. I think that's the least egregious of the of the of the three. It was three if he was out, it was at a forty five degree angle towards the middle of the field, so he was going the wrong direction. It was not the worst of his goal of his goal gaps of the year, but it was. Yeah. And like and like we already said that the game at that point that's a seventy sixth minute. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know that they were going to find that goal, but they certainly the game was certainly over at that point. Uh, yeah. Once that play, once that play occurred, but uh, there was lots of conversation about him as a player. I think he's going to be one we're really going to analyze in the in the in the closed season about sort of where has he grown, and he certainly has grown in a lot of places, and sort of like a player. I, I'm I'm comparing him to Bill in the way that there are high high profile mistakes that happen at a rate higher than they should, but not maybe as much as it seems like they're happening that are going to follow him for, for a while until he changes that narrative. That was bill with stupid red cards early in his career and bad passing. And now I think now he's been played enough now that people are starting to say, man, that's the thing with Donovan. He has no ability to pass the ball. He's got no range of passing. He makes bad mistakes. And, And I think what, what you've noticed, what you noticed with bill is it was, it, it took a while for him to sort of get that kind of respect. I mean, there was times I think pretty much mid, I want to say mid 2014, we were uh, mid 2015. I think we we're all kind of like, he's cleaned his game up. I mean, you watch, if you watch this team week in and week out, and the thing is a lot of people don't, uh, nope. you know, fans, don't, almost nobody except they, for us. <laughs> nobody, fan yeah, basically, yeah. We're the ones who watch most of it. And we see, we saw that sort of maturity and development. I think we're seeing it from Donovan Pines. He has, multiple games now where he is probably the best defender out there on the field. And he certainly wasn't having that beginning of the season. He's got to clean up his game. I think it's coming. I I am more confident about him entering 2022 than I, than I was entering 2021 with him. Um, I would be fine with him a day one starter for this team. Um, I think we got to say, we got to have it now because I think, I think brilliant. This is, this is brilliant out. Um, I'd love to see him as a coach maybe for this team. We'll see. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, he's another roster spot that I think this team is going to have to replace. Yep. Uh, but, you know, again, I thought again, I thought for most other than that pass, he was probably the best defender out there for D.C. in a lot of ways. He was keeping this keeping this game um, relatively close and making some runs upfield as well um, in, in some cases. But um, which are always funny to watch. But, yeah, I, I want to hit back a little bit. Uh, I, one thing is, is uh, Cogswell Worthington says D.C. has started well all season. Then they're out of ideas by the 30th minute on. It's frustrating. I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't agree with that statement. I think lately, I don't know if it's out of ideas, if it's just energy, if it is just the players. When you're having players like Adrian Perez, Nigel Roberta, and not, you know, Jordi Reyna, Paul Ariola, Ola Kamara when he's hot, you know, you're going to notice a drop off after a certain time. Um, you know, those players don't have the skill. Uh, DC lacks a game changer. Columbus had a game changer on the field. His name was Zella Rayon, and he had at least a couple opportunities. They have Pedro Santos as well, who had almost almost had another goal that rang that rang off the post. Uh, even in their completely, you know, dilapidated state, they still have game changers, and DC doesn't have that really. I think that's a huge uh, that's a huge problem. Uh, anyway, bad game. We're gonna obviously at the end of the at the end of the season, if DC looking like they're not going to make the playoffs, we'll see what happens. We'll certainly have if it comes next week or the week after. We'll certainly have a uh, a complete autopsy on this team. We got a two week break if that happens, man. We got to like if, if they make the playoffs, we got to wait until like after the international break. Well, <laughs> before I, we can play again, <laughs> my, I would like to watch as much of the games. I'm gonna see what ESPN Plus allows me to do with archive games in in zone, or maybe yeah. get like a one month subscription to VPN. I would like to go back and watch a lot of these games. I feel like that there's the season's so long and it happens over such a long period of time that it's really, really hard to develop a through narrative that actually is true. So 
we'll see. Well, I, there's lots of stuff to look at, regardless of how this next week goes, and we'll have plenty of content. I think, however, we will probably. Uh, I don't want to say we'll go to every other week. We're going to talk about it. We're definitely going to enjoy a little bit of a break. I think <laughs> uh, after the end of this really, really long season, and really- yeah, I mean, we're going to have we're going to have Spirit playoffs to talk about. We'll yep. see. We'll see what happens. That speaking of Spirit, let's talk about their game. Um, the ownership situation. Let's talk off the field first. I want to definitely touch on that because I think that is kind of. Like early in the season, if you had told me we're we're gonna you know the spirit are gonna be third, I'm like wow that's awesome. Like I mean they're just they're they're killing it. I mean the 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 atmosphere has to be getting great. Like everybody's got to be really excited about this team, and it's all the off the field stuff that is just kind of weighing all of the excitement down. Uh, it looks like we might have a resolution to that. Uh, there was a billionaire, um, a billionaire, I think. Yes. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. No, I can't either. Uh, he, the, the thing about him, the thing about the billionaire is that he is already the. I'm going to talk for a minute. when you find it? He's a part owner of the LA Dodgers. He was. He tried to buy part of the Miami franchise. He tried to buy another MLS, another component Todd, of the team. Todd uh, Todd Bowley is his name. From originally from the area, uh, yeah. from Bethesda. So. Guys, a lot of so here's here I'll I'll briefly say this. So there's been a lot of conversation about just sell the team to Michelle, just sell it to Michelle. He does not want to. Very, very clearly. He's made it clear that he does not want to. He's also Steve Baldwin. He's also made it clear that he cannot be really made to do something he doesn't want to do. If the universe occurs where you're able to sell this team to a billionaire who is extremely well capitalized, who has who has been wanting to own a US uh, a soccer franchise for some time now. And Michelle Kang still has her 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 thirty percent or whatever in the team, and is has the time to be involved because she is still at these games. She was on the field in a full Washington Spirit kit after the game. Yeah. She is she is in it to win it. I, I I think that I don't know that that'll persist if she's not the majority owner going forward. But mm-hmm. it's a good thing to have someone with this deep pockets in in this league, uh, particularly with a team that's losing multiple millions of dollars a year. That would be a great outcome. Uh, as long as the team doesn't move, in my personal yeah. opinion. Yeah, and and I think the the fact that he doesn't want to move, it's clear he's from the area, so he wants to keep the team here. That's good. That that all is very good. I, I don't know if I could go through another situation where an owner comes in and this team moves somewhere else or there there's some type of situation like that. Um, I will say that, you know, I... I would I rather have Michelle in the team or this guy would rather have Michelle in the team? Because I know Michelle cares. Um, and the financial the, waving a big bag of money is 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 can be enticing, mm-hmm. but it doesn't solve. It. I mean, if this is just another, you know, another white guy coming in and, uh, you know, instituting the same. You know, I, I hope like you hope. I hope he he buys a team and says, you know what, I'm just going to write the check. I'm just going to write the check every week. Tell me what you need, you know, Michelle. I'll help I'll help finance whatever you need. It's an appreciating uh, I'm just asset. Write the check. It's an You're appreciating gonna... asset. I'll take I'll take the losses because the losses won't even register to me. It'll yeah, be like and, it'll be know, like Michelle run run the team. I hope that is the outcome to this. That this can be not the ideal situation we want, but at least a workable solution in the future, and we can you know. M- not move on from this, but we can get better by this. And, you know, I think it's really encouraging. Michelle's working with Ben Olsen. Yeah. Uh, so it seems pretty clear that, you know, regardless of whether she was, you know, she's not petty enough to be, she's not Steve Baldwin petty where it's like, I didn't have a say in you. You're gone after the season. Once I get control of this team, he's like, no, you're, you, you've done a good job. We're going to, we're going to, let's work together. Let's, let's figure this out. So I think that's a good thing. Um, you know, I, I hope that is the outcome here. We'll see. Uh, it's, 
it it seems like it's coming to a conclusion, which is good. It seems like the tea leaves are saying the team's going to stay, which I think is very important. Um, and we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens after this season. And and this team is is in a good position. I they could make a run to the final. I they they are they get a game against the Courage, who are not the same team they were. They've beaten them before um, at home at Audi Field, not at not at a Segra Field. Win that game, you go on the road to Oil Rain, where you have now won twice. On a baseball I would field. Say, yeah, on a baseball field. I would say the Spirit are favorites it, to, to make the final over Oil Rain because they, I mean, if 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 Oil Rain doesn't get that 3 nothing, you know, assessed victory, uh, the Spirit could have very well swept them uh, very clearly. I mean, they clearly have the Reigns number. Playoffs are a different story. We'll see what happens. But, I mean, I feel very confident the Spirit could end up in the final uh, in Louisville against Portland. And then it's a neutral-level game, and who knows what could happen. And then uh, RFK so. Refugees will will uh, will uh, charter a bus out to Louisville if, uh, if that happens. That would I be... don't know. I, phew, I, yeah, Not Ted. I know John, John will do yeah, it. John, <laughs> John and it. any listeners who want to get on the bus will get on the bus. Yeah, I mean, uh, man, uh, it, it, uh, Chris Ward, right? Like, mm-hmm. what? Who'd have thought after the chaos that uh, granted a lot of this is the players, you know, 95% of this is the players. However, it's hard to apportion credit and blame and these kind of things. Uh, but this man took over after just complete chaos uh, and and uh, the Richie Burke situation resolved and he was in charge. The man hasn't lost. He is yeah. uh, he has put players in positions to succeed. He has not made any weird decisions with lineups. Uh the players all seem to be happy in, in his media availability. He is calm and considered. Uh, it's it just just the right man for the job at the right time. And it's going to be hard to yeah. look past this in, in, I mean, in the postseason. I mean, if he gets his team to the final, if he wins, a, I, I don't know how he doesn't keep his job. How, how do you how do you not? let him have the have the reins is like it's, the, it's as tough it will be very tough yeah. and if he doesn't get a job here he'll get a job somewhere else because this is uh now we talked about this in the beginning of the season this is a this is a roster that could and should win uh nwsl the championship so that he has guided them to where they are still somehow with having to take two games uh as 3-0 losses and still in that frame uh most of that is most of that is the roster, but he has done an impressive job at keeping keeping everybody straight in a very, very uh, distraction-filled environment. Uh, the players have done a great job themselves, and I, I think he has also been a part of it. So just, I, just I a little bit of kudos to Chris Ward. I think he doesn't he doesn't get enough uh, uh, call-out for that. If you want to know the truth, I, I wonder if that was – the loss obviously hurts, but, I mean, that team basically got two, free, two weeks, two weeks off. They got to – Completely, because they were they were not playing great. Nope. I'll say, like you know, they were still very clearly, you know, they were still struggling a little bit. They I wonder losing. if that. What's that? They weren't losing. weren't losing. weren't losing. But I think you know they got that draw against Houston. I think pretty clearly after this situation, I, I part of me does kind of wonder if that you know that 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 break just kind of got the players away. You know, gave the coaches time. To, it gave everybody. You know it's hard enough to have this going on during a regular season when you've got it next game, next game, next game. Like you don't have time to think. I wonder if it almost gave the players chance to just rest and just like, all right, we're, we're, we don't have to worry about this week. You know, we don't have to worry about next week. Let's just focus on ourselves, come back. And then we'll, we got the season to finish up. Let's do the best job we can. 
if that almost was a blessing in disguise, because that's when things just started to take, they went on a tear there. They, they started outplaying those teams, uh, you know, that, that they, that they played against. I almost do wonder about that because I felt like after that, that was their lowest point when I was like, I'm not sure this team is even going to make the playoffs at this point. Yeah. I mean, this is just circling the drain and they just came out and was just win, 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 win. I don't know. Something to think about. Trinity had an opportunity to rest her body. She had, she had been Mm -hmm. sort of beat up the entire, the, uh, the, the rest can't be understated. The, having the rest can't be understated. Every other team had to play. Uh, I guess, you know, El Rain and, and, and uh, you know, they only got one week off, but they all had to go play. So I, I think that may have been a, a punishment, and they, they were certainly punished for it with the loss, and I think it impacted their ability. They pick up six points in that game. You know, they're competing for the for the top place in the standings. They're competing for a bye heading into the playoffs. Um so I, I think it certainly hurt them that guard, but I wonder if it almost allowed them to rest. And then now they're starting to, and, and Trinity Rodman has just gotten better and better. I mean, she's yeah. just come out of this break and just she's got to get, she's got to get a call up, right? I, I, I would hope so. I would hope so. You'd you're you're looking so. at, I think it's going to be between her uh, Midge. I think Midge Pruce, who I, I think has also done really well. Um, I think everybody's been clamoring for her to get a call up. Uh, Carly Lloyd is retired now, so she's off the roster who kind of slides in as that sort of next player. Um, I think we're going to talk a lot about the U.S. women's team. And uh, they they played a game in Korea. They played a lot of a lot of the old guard against Korea. 0-0 draw. And then they played uh, with sort of younger, the younger guard. They had and, a lot uh, of younger players Andy, out there. Andy anchoring the midfield. And I think I think we're going to see her. I think she's uh, similar to the way that Paul Ariola has uh, got his way under Greg's good graces. I believe that Andy is going to find herself in that spot and sort of seeing herself start every game. So yeah. great news for her. I, I think it's going to be a question of it's going to be it's it's going to be extremely difficult because of the financial weight that players like Megan Rapino, Alex Morgan, Kristen Press, Roosevelt's a different story. She's still young. She's still I mean she still has at least a good couple World Cup cycles um, in her. Uh, it's it's so difficult for I guess from a financial. It's not like the U.S. men's team where I mean obviously you know Bradley and and Josie Altador were were not liked, but imagine they were liked. Uh, but this the team still missed the you know missed the playoffs. It's very easy for the U.S. national team to be like, all right, we're just starting over. And they already had players that were you know that were already bigger than them. And Christian Pulisic, Weston McKenney, all those Tyler Adams, all those guys were on their way up. At that point, it's it's a very different picture for the U.S. women's team in that, you know, player people, you know, the the diehards like us, you know, see the see the see the decline in 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 really. I mean, Alex Morgan, I think, is still probably pretty good. But yep. like the players like Lindsey Horan and and Megan Rapino, we see that they have lost a step. And then we see all these players playing in U.S. in NWSL that are just killing it week after week. Trinity Raman, Ashley Sanchez, all of them. And so we see it. But from a, you know, from a general perspective, I guess, from a from a, you know, people that come out to the to watch them play South Korea for the second time. Yeah, it's such a marketing decision. They want to see Christian Press. They want to see Alex Morgan. Uh, They don't you know, they they might they might love they might love Trinity Robin when she's out there in the field, but she's not going to sell tickets. And they don't know. That's the financial aspect. Yeah, it's it's very much a uh, and we're going to talk about this here in a second. It's very much a uh, entry level job needing three to five years experience. You're going to like Trinity, but you got to call her up first for them to like her. Mm -hmm. A lot of people aren't watching the spirit. So uh, speaking of uh, players who should get a call on potentially, uh, this is based from a question from V uh, AASU. 
wondering why people don't seem to mention Ashley Hatch when they talk about people potentially playing for the national team. She won the golden boot, so I don't get it. So we had her on uh, before the season, and she had spoke to Vladko about what they needed to see, and they wanted her to score more goals in the league. So now she has. She's uh, she's she's now. I think we talked about it before. It's the lowest uh, season yeah. total to win the Golden Boot. So yeah. that's maybe a strike against her. But all she can do is score in the games that she's allowed to play. She had injuries. She had games that were canceled without her sort of obviously involvement. And she had to play a bunch of games at Segura where it's very hard to score. Uh, so I, I feel like there's a good chance January camps are a chance to experiment. I also think that Ashley Hatch could be. I'm trying to think of players like this, like Jeff Cunningham, uh, Wando, like players who excel in the league and then almost get sort of like a, well, we have to call you in. We've got to give you an opportunity here, but they're just not as flashy as other names that they could bring in from other places. I I think that could be unfortunately part of her role. She's got the skill set. It's all over the place, yeah. but it's not flashy. Yeah, it's it's a it, it's very similar, I guess, to kind of a, a Abby Wambach type of player um in just she's a target type forward you know she's a finisher out and out finisher um i I think the biggest problem the biggest problem and this is up and down the field is right now you have a you have alex morgan who's she's 30 so i think she and two i guess we're we're looking at the COVID is completely screwed up we got two more years she'll still be 31 32 she's going to be on that field uh i think for the for the World Cup, you've got Christian Press, who basically is the next person to sort of take over that mantle. Um, there's just such a a logjam, I guess, at the at the front position um, that I do, it's it's going to be very difficult to sort of break through in that regard. And you've got you know Mitch Bruce coming up. You've got Trinity Raman can maybe slide in as sort of that uh, attacking type of role. I don't know what type of position she she would play on that national team. Um, so I, I think it's also a case of, you know, she's 24, 25, 26. There are a lot of younger players that are excelling so much and they're, and they're generating, you know, Trinity Raman generates a lot of attention, you know, unfortunately of who her father is. And there's a lot of, and, and there's a lot of players as well that generate that attention that I think it's going to be difficult for her to make it through. We'll see. I, I've been wrong before. I thought Annie Sullivan was done after she didn't make the Olympics. I was like, I don't think she's ever going to see the field. And she has used her opportunity wisely uh, to to sort of break in. And I think now she is she is absolutely an out-and-out starter uh, for this team. I wanted to look at, like, the because I know it was a younger lineup. I guess she had Carly Lloyd. Uh, Sophia Smith, Mallory Pugh as well has had a resurgence. And she, she was a Lazarus. long-time start. Yeah. She, she's a longtime star for this team. So it, it is incredibly difficult, I think, for her to... And uh, Rose Lavelle, I didn't even mention Rose Lavelle. So in that attack, there is still... There is there is not the a lot of the old guard that you could see them breaking you know breaking through. You're, you're talking about who can replace Carly Lloyd. You know, you're not looking at Ashley Hatch. You're looking at Trini Rodman. You're looking at Midge... You know, you're looking at Midge Proust. You're looking at a lot of other talent sort of coming from NWSL, a lot of younger talent. Um, and I think, I think she'll get some looks, uh, but I, 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 I don't know if she'll get the looks that we're thinking that she'll get. Um, so we'll have to, it, it's going to be fascinating to watch Lynn Williams as well. Another name, uh, who's definitely broken through as, as a striker for this team. Uh, and she is probably the next person to really take, take over that, uh, maybe that Carly Lloyd role from experience. So, uh, I mean, there's just so much talent in that attack. Uh, even if you take out, you know, Alex Morgan and, 
and Megan Rapino, it's incredibly talented. So I think that's the biggest obstacle uh, facing Ashley Hatch. And again, you know, yes, she won the golden boot, but she won it with 10 goals. Uh, you won't see many top level professional players, men's or women's, win a golden boot with 10 goals. So, I mean, it's, yeah. Do you know how many goals Rose Lavelle scored this year? How many? She scored one goal. One. One goal. Again, that's it's 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 the same story with Rose Devel in that. And also the the nature of how the national team is. I mean, were there any national team players that pushed the golden boot that play regularly for the national team? Well, LaRue no longer, obviously. And Morgan earlier on in the season was close. Um, but no, I mean, Bethany Balser is not is not really in consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a. That's one of those things. I think I think that you won't find league success translating to opportunities. I think because just because of the way uh, the the number of players they have to call upon, well, <laughs> it's a challenge. Well, you know what what has to happen. What has to happen is a couple of things. First of all, NWSL is to pay players more, so it becomes the biggest problem facing success for national team players is that their contract is, and I've talked about this at nauseum. Their contract is owned, not owned. Kelly O'Hara, uh, Kelly O'Hara, I'm not sure. I, I think um, Andy Sullivan might be paid. That's probably going to change. She's probably going to be an allocated player next year with how much time she's getting and how good she's looked. Uh, but you look at, you know, Kelly O'Hara, Emily Sonnet, those players are all paid by U.S. US soccer, paid directly. They, they own the contract. So if U.S. soccer says, hey, you can't play, you can't play this player. We need her rested. We're, we're worried about her minutes. I think Sonnet actually made it off. But yeah, I, I think Sonnet actually is now on on, okay. on team payroll. That was the beginning of the season stuff. So I think it's just Kelly O'Hara mm-hmm. um, that currently. But yeah, that, that is that is a, that is the, you know, governing problem. That's the serving, serving and team I hate bosses. It. Yeah, it's no good. I, don't <laughs> I like hate it. it. And, and I want it. And it, it's really, it's not anything against U.S. soccer. By the way, I was just looking. Trinity Rodman is actually second, tied for first in the league on assists. Mm-hmm. That completely, that completely blew me over. I did not even... Um, did not even notice that ahead of players like Jess Fishlock and, and some others. Um, but that is the thing that the league needs to solve is they need to start paying their players more. They need to start saying, I think U.S. soccer would love it if they could say, you know what, we can pay. We can pay what, you know, Matt, we can pay Megan Rapino what she's making on the U.S. national team. We can just take over that contract. We can have that contract. I think the players would appreciate it as well, because that is a that signing a contract with a professional team gives you that guarantee the national team has shown they can cancel contracts whenever they want. You know, they can, they can, you know, we saw it happen with, uh, I'm sure there's some hold, there's some, you know, there's some, some rights they get with that contract, but I think they would appreciate it. And I think it would allow the league itself to grow, um, you know, for in that regard. And they would have a, a, a more regular and stable paycheck, uh, sort of within the league. So I think that's something that's got to change. Uh, it's got to change quickly. Angus talking about uh, Opry Bledsoe needing to be in the U.S. conversation. Opry Bledsoe, the Washington uh, Spirit, the second in the league on goals against, only allowed 20 goals. So the defense uh, was stout. And she started every game <laughs> so yeah. because because that's what she does. I mean, talk about a hard position to break through as a goalkeeper for, for the women's national team. Uh, yeah, and, and you've already got, I think you've already got uh, French, uh, who's been kind of touted, touted as sort of that next that next player up. Um, as sort of the, the replacement in, in goal. So I think that's, again, uh, very, very tough, uh, very, very tough to break through. We'll see. Um, I, I think she could certainly do it. I think if she has another good season, um, she could certainly do it. Um, and this will be, uh, hopefully this will be kind of like the first, 
the first like normal season with like no I think there might be some qualification going on. Another thing another thing another city needs to do is start respecting like international breaks because it's really annoying to have like players that are gone for so long. Um but I think we're gonna have we're gonna have like maybe some World Cup qualifying. It's usually pretty short for the national for the national team. So I think we'll see a little bit of that. All right, folks. Whew, that's gonna do it. This is a long show. Um thank you all so much so much for listening. Um twitch.tv slash refugees. Uh, obviously if you have a Amazon Prime sub drop it we're still on patreon.com slash refugees so definitely drop in there and we will catch you guys uh, next week vamos vamos <laughs>